What's up, guys? Welcome to episode two of the dopest formerly Tok Text Live. We wanted to thank you guys for checking out that first episode that we put out together with the great Kayla man from Habitat Life. Jay, I really love that episode and the footage was really super sick. We got some really great feedback and we'd love to hear more about what you guys think about that. Yeah, um, I love I love yeah. aquaponics. It makes me it makes me happy. It does. Yeah, it's really yeah, it was really cool. So if you guys didn't see that episode and you're just catching up with that one, head back to episode 1 of The Dopest and you'll see a really cool episode about aquaponic cannabis growing and it's really cool. Okay, well today, uh as always, this episode is me, Gray, with my man Jay from the Business of Cannabis and we're sponsored by Tokex, Tokex the easy way to discover cannabis products and get them delivered the same day. If you want to get on the platform, text HI to 647-371-0391 and you can get started on the platform. But today we are talking about this interesting issue. If you follow the old Tech Text Live podcast, we touched on it a little bit. But right now, governments in different areas in uh, cannabis-friendly countries are requesting uh, moratoriums on cannabis stores. Again, this concept is coming up that there are too many cannabis stores. Um, they're not being thought out properly. Um, they're clustered in areas which are creating interesting um, retail dynamics. Uh, for example, one of the most interesting things that I, I read is that it's people are talking about is ruining the vibrancy of certain neighborhoods because of the restriction on the displays that the government has put on the cannabis stores. So you end up getting these stretches of neighborhoods that kind of look like they're boarded up retail sections. How is that the retailer's fault? It's, it's not. I mean, it's not. It's it's the government's fault for the policies. It's just it just seems that it's like they've given retailers um, certain mandates. And now they're saying, oh, OK, well, there's too many of this. Well, these are highly regulated, very expensive operations to run, you know, highly restrictive places that people have put their full life savings and, you know, tons of investment into opening these stores. They are really well run. Everybody is background checked. Everybody's well trained. I would be more impressed with local governments that were concerned about this if they were trying to limit the number of illegal shops in a neighborhood, which have some of the same problems, but are actually unregulated and, and nobody knows what's going on and are generally cash businesses or saying, you know, we have too many bars and we have too many coffee shops. Like the density of any one specific retail being singled out is a little disingenuous. And in Ontario, where the conversation is really happening, you know, like three years too late. Like yeah. there were cities and and I think we were we we are critical of them generally that opted out of this because they saw the regulations said we want to see if we can do anything about clustering and Mississauga still doesn't have any stores so they are concerned about this. Now, I don't think cities ought to opt out because what we know is that once they opt out, they generally start opting back in. It's just, you know, I think they believe that there is this renaissance of retail coming that is non-cannabis. And I, I'm just not I'm not sold on that. That's interesting too. Um, you're right. Uh, they're they're really they're really leaning on this and saying that like this is kind of the reason why certain retail hasn't been coming back and booming because one of the big concerns is they're saying like things like uh, the cannabis stores are driving up rent so high that many other businesses are having to leave because landlords aren't renewing the leases on long long term tenants. So if these cannabis shops fail, the question is who's going to take on these these retail leases, especially COVID had such an impact that who knows what retail is going to be like for the, the next little while. Well, I, 
I'll speak. So one of the people carrying this bill or trying to get this bill passed through Queens Park is Merritt Stiles, who is my my MPP in in the West End of Toronto. The four shops in our neighborhood. One was a all hours coffee time, okay, which was net negative. I would believe to our neighborhood. <laughs> um, would, but yeah, okay. One was an one was an empty storefront for the the whole time that I've lived there, seven years. One was not even a storefront, right? So the density issues talking about was not like they were replacing long time retail tenants. They were relatively either negative or empty, right? So you know these people are in my neighborhood where she's most concerned about. I, I think that this is. Well, it's not a non-issue. There are a lot of cannabis stores. Let the market decide where people want to shopping at cannabis, and the, the ones that where they don't will, will shut down. Just like the three coffee shops that shut down, just like the four restaurants that opened, you know, the bars that transitioned to to um, to bottle shops. You know, I you know, I right. just think, I mean, um, you know. Now that you said that, it is pretty interesting because every business that exists is subject to to closures and external business pressures. So why do you think that? this legislation is being targeted at cannabis stores. I think there is this sense that there's too many and cannabis stores. And, you know, like, I, I just think there's this stigma that is a negatively bad, it, it negatively impacts neighborhood where what we've seen in Colorado would actually the oldest sort of most advanced market, you know, property values stay the same or go up within, you know, within, uh, you know, a walking distance of a cannabis store. Mm-hmm. Um, now at the same time, it's a pretty difficult environment for these cannabis retailers. That is for sure. Um, but not necessarily one that needs to be regulated or overregulated. Whereas in Vancouver, the city of Vancouver, each store has a 300 meter radius around it, right? So they have like many monopolies in this circle, whereas Ontario didn't put that in legislation. Right. Everybody's dealing with that. Hmm. So whose responsibility do you think it is to, to, to mandate the location of a cannabis store? I mean, it's, it obviously the government says where you can, where you can put it by your application, you choose it. But is is the like how big of a problem is is clustering? I mean, like West Queen West and Queen West, like there are a lot of cannabis stores. I don't think the problem is like a societal one to fix. It's a business one to try to you know it will weed itself out. Just like restaurants open and close, bars open and close, you know, coffee shops open and close. We will see that for sure. I'm not sure it needs to be regulated above and beyond what the market is going to dictate and demand it's going to be a rough sledding for a lot of those retailers. And if, if the pushback from elected officials and regulators was we need to make sure little mom and pop cannabis retailers have a fair shot, that would be one thing, but that's absolutely not what they're saying. They're saying we need to limit, we need to vote a pause. And the only thing a pause would do would really help out the big players with licenses already. So, you know, this is a, a, a thorny issue and it comes three years too late. And I don't think what they're proposing is going to solve the issue that they think it does. Hmm. It's There's true. still going to be 10 stores on Queen West. There will be. And they're like, you're increasingly you're right. Like, it seems at the beginning that they were trying to do everything in their power to make it more equitable for the smaller mom and pop retailers. But with the way that it's going and the current policies, I don't know how these smaller stores can continue without having neither, multiple locations. Neither do I. But I know that whatever they're proposing around limiting density is not going to help. Hmm. Because if they limit density, the people with the most money are going to go get those licenses. Right. Obviously. Obviously. So, I mean, do you think that the bill, so like just, just guys, just to tell you what it actually is, it's like the main thing that we're talking about while this conversation has come up 
in mature cannabis markets, I think uh, all around North America, what we're really talking about is what's happening here in the city of Toronto. And Councillor Kristen Longtam and Councillor Paula Fletcher, they tabled a motion for the uh, moratorium and the request for council support of Bill 29, which means they can uh, they want to limit how many retailers can open in the, the near future. They say uh, that it's not the businesses themselves that they're opposed to, only the clustering and lack of choice from the AGCO, which is the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario, on the location, asking that cannabis retail licensees be treated similarly to liquor retail licensees. So that's kind of what's going on. Um, yeah, I know what's going on. Yeah, I just I think Premier Ford didn't listen to the Toronto City Council when he was on the Toronto City Council. He doesn't listen to the NDP, and this is an NDP bill at Queen's Park. So like if it passes, I think it'll be a fluke. Um, you know, I think it's a good way for councillors to, to say they're doing something, even though what even what you just said, all those councillors want to do is have the city council say something to the people at Queen's Park who are carrying a bill that really has very limited chance of passing. So I, I think I think it's a stunt. I think it's to tell their constituents that they are doing something, even though there's very little they can do. What they could have done was in 2018, um, and they didn't do it. And Toronto was never going to opt out. So beyond that, you know. Well, I mean, you mentioned it a little bit. So what do you, what do you think that they they should have done or could have done? I think you could have done what Vancouver does. Like everybody needs a 150 meter radius around each individual store, which would have spread them out through Toronto. You wouldn't have, you know, it would have made the ones on Queen West hyper valuable. Right. But they would have enjoyed that little monopoly in that geography. They didn't do that. They made 150 meters from any school. And outside of that, the cities had very little option of where they went, aside from opting in or opting out. It was a sledgehammer, right? Um, and what they're looking for now is more of a scalpel. It's just hard to use a scalpel after a sledgehammer has been implemented for three years. And even if this would implement it, imagine the people that are sitting on leases now doing tenant improvements, waiting to get their licenses from AGCO. Some of them have put millions of dollars into a store and regulatory compliance and all those things. It's very, very thorny. If the legislation says, look, we will, the AGCO ought to consider what a city says, even though, the, you know, that's that's one thing. Whether they ever would or not, I don't know. It doesn't, like, there's lots of instances where cities have put in, you know, during the uh, open comment period, either concerns or comments, and the AGCO basically just blows it off. So, you know, th there is very little right now a city can do, but that was very clear in 2018 that that was going to be the case. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just well, saying. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm not saying, hey, cannabis is coming to your neighborhood, like it or not. But that's basically what Premier Ford said when the when the current regime was put into place in 2018. Yeah, and it's just reached. Um, I mean, we we did talk about earlier in like a previous episode. We did ask the question: Are there too many stores? And the way this is different is just the fact that it's just it's now that the market's been around since since. For what the, the five it's been five years now? Three. 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 Yeah. I mean, you might have been buying in the store for five years, but they've been around for three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, uh, yeah, I guess the, the COVID time sucked. But I mean, how I wonder just what it's going to be like in the five to ten years. And we mentioned it, and it's just gonna be the best buys and the future shops of the cannabis industry, the ones that can have large scale and and move the the radio shacks and the mom and pop corner video off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I think there will be, it will be a shifting landscape for a long time, just like it's a shifting landscape for other difficult businesses to be in, like restaurants, like bars, like coffee shops, 
like corner stores, like furniture stores, all those things that you like, you know, how many stores five years ago were on Ossington and are on Ossington now? Right. Like there is turnover, but yeah. that's every business. Agreed. hundred percent. I'm glad we're in agreement. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we usually are. Um, okay. I mean, guys, I think that's it. I'd love to hear your comments on it. It is a uh, kind of a hot button issue because people need access to cannabis, but is there such thing as too much access? Is there such thing as, um, yeah, like what does it do for the other businesses in uh, their neighborhood? We'd love to hear your opinion on that. Please leave a comment. As always, this has been the dopest podcast. I'm Gray. I'm Jay. <laughs> Thank you guys. Nice.